it's days like today, I thank God that we don't video our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, amen to that. Indeed. Welcome to Fox Sports 5, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. I feel really strange because I have no headphones on and I have no mic. So I'm literally talking into Why? Because my bloody kit isn't working. <laughs> oh, shit. So I'm just... Oh. I had to, I had this little thing, this audio interface, and actually, you, you bought it for me a few years ago when yeah. I started first, and um, it just stopped working during the week. It had been playing up for a while, and it just stopped working. So I bought a new one, and I, rather than take some time setting it up, I tried to set it up there in about five minutes before we were due to record, and yeah, computer says no, quite literally. So, <laughs> so anyway, it's fine. Oh. I will. Uh, so if I sound a bit different this week, sorry, people, coming to you from the compressed audio that is Zoom. Um, but hey-ho, hey-ho. How are you, Nicolette? Did you survive that bloody storm? It's kind of still ongoing here, actually. But um, Yeah, oh. I saw Scotland get a bed doing as well. I saw some parts of Glasgow were bad and stuff. I saw one mad video of a train track and it was all just like flood water coming yeah. down the street. It was mad. Two people died. It was terrible. Um, God swept like swept away in water like I mean that's yeah wild. one that's person like, died here as well it's like so. something you'd hear from like I don't know Cambodia or somewhere when they get these massive monsoons you know but um yeah oh god I was I saw some of the clips from Middleton and that and the god the poor business owners they were absolutely devastated yeah it's bad but um like I live in Glenmire and they got it very bad too and two housing estates in particular <laughs> And then bless, like, there's a lot of, like, these lovely stories, like the GA club decided to kind of break down these kind of barriers they had to let the water into the pitch to stop the housing estates flooding badly. So they basically sacrificed the whole pitch, SARS. Um, And they just won the county championship, like, three days earlier. So it was, like, talking about mixed emotions for those people. So then I saw, like, even yesterday, then they were, like, doing collections and Glamour GA for just like bedding. People don't have bedding, like stuff like this, like, you know, just things got absolutely wrecked. Pillows, cushions. The thing is, like, it's all well and good to be like, oh, you think your stuff would be upstairs or whatever, like, but there's no, like, people live in bungalows and yeah. And you think, oh, I'd get everything off the ground, but like, where are you going to put it? You don't have the endless shelves on the walls. Oh, no, but them. also the water is dangerous, like, because it's yeah. full of shit and everything, you know. Can't go into so, it. Like, yeah. you can't go into it. So when your house starts to flood, a lot of people don't have a choice but to sit on the stairs and just watch it happen or get out of the house and watch it happen. Yeah. So with your businesses, like to hear a lot of those people in Middleton the other day just being like, we just couldn't do anything. You just have to let, and it's dangerous. You don't know where you're walking. You don't know what's underneath you. You know, you don't think of it like that, like yeah. that it's of how dangerous it is. I mean, there was one video of Middleton and literally a car was floating down the road. Like, you know, that's mental scenes, you know. So, yeah, a lot of businesses are, yeah, a lot of trouble. Like, I mean, can you imagine, like, having to refloor your whole house, like, and a lot of the insurance companies are not paying up, so people are going to be out of pocket. Well, they just say, like, it's an act of God, and they just don't want to hear about it, basically. Yeah, so, like, Glenmire's flooded a few times, and those estates can't get flood insurance anymore. And Middleton, a lot of those businesses don't have flood insurance, like the company, they won't pay out. I saw like East Cork Medical had like um, 
it was like a mobile unit, but also then parts of the, the hospital too. And like these big machines and stuff getting wiped out, like 96,000 was the first count of the stuff that they had lost in just equipment alone, like, you know, so... Oh, it's terrible. It's been a weird time. And like it rained an awful lot again yesterday morning. So I think people were really on edge. Just had Sam banging a couple of those um, estates in Glenmire again. And then the county council was kind of on watch in Middleton, like saying that they could potentially flood again. Can you imagine like those poor businesses going in, just doing the cleanup and like barely touching it? But there has been a lot of like outpouring of like support in the community, which is nice. You know, like a lot of the I'm so emotional because that me off. <laughs> but Aww. a lot of like businesses giving, you know, skips and humidifiers and GA club sending their players to clean out. Clip up some some fella who had just been like working on a site somewhere in Glenmire took his like digger down to like dig up a trench to divert yeah. the water and like the you know who works for a private company but he just yeah. did it like well it was that company they made the call on it it's like they cut across one of the roads to kind of make a trench because the states were flooding it was mad the way it happened it was like water started coming down the hillside so it was actually flooding those houses on the hillside bizarrely and when it was getting to the road it was just backlogging up to the houses so they decided to dig a trench yeah sarson sarson's um engineering and they were at it for like 10 hours digging this trench like things like that you know so it was I mean, I think it happened about seven years ago was the last time Glenmire flooded. But like I see places like Douglas now, they put they used to have very bad floods. They put a lot into their flood scheme. Like as I was living there, they were doing it over a few years and that wasn't touched. It was perfect. So it does work when they do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but oh, investment it's a very, preparation it's a sad week. It's been a very sad week between everything that's going on in Gaza and then all that and then Ashley Murphy's case is in good courts at the moment. Oh God, the Ashley Murphy case, like, part of me is a bit like, well, you know, I know this I is know. a hard thing to say, but it's like, part of me is a bit like, do we need to know all of this? Do you know what I mean? Like, and I know, I know that's, that's the way it is. an argument to like, face up to these things, you know, and face up to the fact that this man killed this woman and what his motivation was and everything, but like, it's such gory detail. I find it. I find the reporting in detail a little bit voyeuristic or like I, yeah, I haven't been paying that much attention to it because I just can't. I think my emotional radar is just. Yeah. I just can't take in that much more much else to be totally honest with you because <laughs> yeah. everything is so sad at the moment. Um, I saw the EMAs were cancelled. Actually, they cancelled the you know the MTV Awards in Europe. Yeah. They cancelled them. Yeah, um, but also like in America, I think they've been told that like it's a high risk to travel anywhere outside of the States for Americans because of the way the world is at the moment. So it's mad. There's mad things happening on the peripheral associated with everything going on in Gaza, you know. So uh, just a lot of high tensions. There was obviously that shooter in Belgium. It's just like mental stuff happening at the moment. And a lot of like terrorist threats around the place too. And Jesus, it's just scary times altogether. But yeah, we just have to be grateful for what we have in our little bubbles and, you know, try not to, I don't know, it's very, it's Get very... back down in it too much. I mean, the thing, yeah. the thing is, and I know it's it's maybe not that helpful, but you can only kind of control what you can control. So exactly. you just kind of need to keep your focus on 
your family and your environment and your circle, you know, and do what you can there. And I think, you know, it's not it's no harm to say, like, giving some money to the Red Cross or to people who are helping people in Gaza. And that is a good idea. Um, Try not to get into fights with people over the bloody thing. Try to stay away from the social media stuff. I haven't seen much Um, of that, like, really. I think and Ireland is a very pro-Palestine Flipping, yeah, but exactly. But Web Summit is falling apart because Paddy Cosgrove happened to say that you know all is not black and white in Israel and Gaza, and then all these people are pulling out like it's mental. This is like something that was happening back in the bloody 1930s and 40s, you know what I mean? Like, it's anyway, look, yeah, apologies for me. You can probably hear on the record, she's found her voice the last 10 days. Oh, stop that video you sent me yesterday with the giggling is so cute. It's not like a giggling baby. She just checks away to herself now and she'd be like, (laughs) 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 Well, that's it for the rest of your life now. Talking to yourself about what everyone around you is and isn't doing. We've got to get on with this, I suppose, because... Um, anyway, yes, we'll try to cheer up. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, my first item is kind of negative, but anyway. So, number one. One. So, uh, this is about... I was kind of looking for, like, Halloween content, but then... This isn't exactly Halloween, but it's kind of in the realm... I was thinking, at you know, this time of year, people like to get a fright or talk about things that scare them. And, um, you know, it's all the all the spiders have come indoors and things like that. So I'm going to talk to you about oh, phobias. There's very bad ones around here. Massive spider. Oh, God. Sorry. I, I reset you what your topic was. Sorry. Oh, you can't, I, I can't really hear you. You're far away from the, your mic or something. Um, so, so phobias. So we're going to talk about phobias. Yeah. So on RTE recently, Dr. John Francis Leader described a phobia as a disproportionate response to a stimulus. Phobias can be triggered by spiders, driving, flying dogs or loud noises, to list just a few examples. Phobic reactions to everyday things can seem irrational, but the fear is real and the person cannot just snap out of it. Dr. Mm. Leader says it is the fear of the fear that overwhelms people, leading to a reaction that seems out of proportion with the actual danger present. What is clear, he says, is that phobias and their treatment vary from person to person. There are many layers to phobias, he says, and the base layer is emotion. When we feel fear, our bodies react to defend us. This usually happens with good reason, he says, but in the case of phobias, it isn't always helpful. When we are in these phobic moments, when something is going on and we don't understand it, then what happens is our sympathetic nervous system is activated, our flight or fight response, essentially. He explains that the body's fight or flight defenses kick in whether danger is present or not. It's a really good mechanism. If you're actually in danger, you can run from it or you can use or you can have the energy to defend yourself. But if there isn't actual danger there, this energy, the stress can actually build up in your system and you don't yeah. have a release for it. Yeah. Dr. works as part of a team dealing with the phobia of flying involving an air pilot, a flight simulator and a psychologist. He says the process has had some success. The key bit is the experiential bit of having the simulator or the practices that are there. So you have this feeling of already having gone on a flight to some extent. It's So it's like muscle memory gets developed. Therapeutic approaches are highly individual, the psychologist says, but in most cases they are dealing with the anticipation of danger as much as the danger itself. A lot of time with phobias, it's the fear of the fear as much as the thing itself. A phobia can develop through association, Dr. Leader mentions as a person who developed a driving phobia after getting bad news while driving. 
Many people living with phobias have no idea how they arose. He says there is help available for dealing with phobias. The therapeutic process is highly individual. So it is. So if the first method doesn't work for you, persist, he says. Seek support by all means. And it can be different supports are needed for different people sometimes. Sometimes it's group work. Sometimes it's one to one. But go on that journey. And if the first thing isn't a fit, you know, stay on it. According to him, the aim of therapy is to dismantle the body's defences. It's more a question of getting the levels right. Oh, sorry, it's not to dismantle the body's defences. It's more a question of getting the levels right. I like to think of working with phobias as almost like calibrating our fear settings. It's not that you're trying to get rid of them, like you wouldn't get rid of the brakes on a car, but you'd learn not to use them all the time when you don't need them. I thought it was really interesting. Um, my, should we share our phobias? Yeah, go on and what's yours? <laughs> I hate things under the water, slippery, slimy things <laughs> under the water. Fish mainly, right? Hate them. But I don't think it's that serious enough a phobia to like need to go and get, you know. No, because you'll still for... go into the water a little bit. I will, but I would love to be able to go right into the sea and stuff. And I don't think I'll ever do that. Oh, that. I did when we were traveling. I just like... I just like tried to spin reality and went snorkeling and everything. And I actually loved it. But I, I still have that. I don't want something to touch me under the water. I don't know. I don't know. Where I think a lot of people have that, though. Like, I, I don't I don't necessarily know if that's like you're definitely more afraid than a lot of people I know. But a lot of people have a fear of like the sea and things that are in the sea and things touching off you in the sea. Yeah. I don't know, is that like, because we were brought up with Jaws and things like that, that it didn't exactly give us no, a No, I'm not afraid of sharks or, or big things, funnily enough. It's I, Yeah. yeah. And actually, actually, a lot smaller, of people have fears, different fears around the sea, though. So the smaller and the less colourful, the more scary. <laughs> the grey, beige, see-through, oh my God, see-through things are the fucking worst. <laughs> and the smaller the worse oh and also like things that are snake shaped oh for fuck's sake I actually feel sick talking about it e- like eels <laughs> or anything that's long and oh maybe that's a maybe that's a phallic issue <laughs> <laughs> it's not folks I'm definitely not for long and phallic <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but that and the other thing I, I don't know is it a phobia but I have this weird weird thing about people's toes getting crushed or stood on or hurt or bare oh, toes getting smashed up it's weird I don't know what that's about maybe I just hurt my toes sometime when I was a kid and it's just stuck with me um there you go what's yours do share uh, I'm definitely like slightly claustrophobic not very bad but like yeah. I would think about being trapped in things often or like and I have like a recurring dream about that like being trapped or buried alive things like that mm. I think about that a lot <laughs> yeah um and then the other thing yeah they're big ones one thing that I, I'm not actually afraid of but I saw people talking about it recently was the fear of things with loads of holes in it um it's <laughs> But, you know, it's like a sponge or like, you know, the way some fruits when you cut them open are like or like sunflowers. People are fucking terrified of things like sunflowers and honeycomb and sponges and seedy fruits. It's called tripophobia. T-R-Y-P-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. And I've seen a lot of people talking about it lately. It's so funny. And like, I don't great. find it scary, but a lot of people find that really scary. Things with loads of holes. <laughs> People, there's a there's a sensation thing as well. Like people, some people hate pla- um, elastic bands and yeah, um, uh, blackboards and things like that. You know, um, but yeah, I suppose the more common ones are probably like flying 
spider. I'm not great with heights either. Water, like, I wouldn't yeah, walk heights. along like the edge of. I wouldn't walk along like the edge of a cliff. Like I, I think though that like sometimes that's that. just a natural. Like it's one of your actual innate yeah, fight or flight kind of yeah thing. responses yeah. is that vertigo. You know, so um I don't think that's really a phobia. That's more of a physical thing. But um. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and it's funny how... Well, like, water is a big one. Man's obviously terrified of water. Jer yeah. wouldn't be a big fan of water. I know a lot of people who are afraid of water. Yeah. And, like, even people who can swim and stuff are very, very... Fr- now, I wouldn't be a big fan of, like, if I was on a boat now and I looked out the water, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'd love to jump in there. Even mm. though I'm a strong swimmer, that was, that's more like there's something going to eat me in the water than anything. But that doesn't so... really bother me, which is funny, isn't it? Yeah. God, would, you jump so... out of the, 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 would you jump out of the boat? So, yeah, no bother. I would, yeah, but I wouldn't stay yeah. in I I jump in for the crack and then I'd be like I've had enough after five minutes because I'd be afraid of what's underneath. I did like I did it quite a bit. We went swimming with dolphins in New Zealand. Like it was phenomenal. Like um, yeah, I don't like being out of my depth. I think about it too much. (laughs) Yeah, it's um, mate. It's hard swimming in the sea when you're out of your depth. Like it's so exhausting. You know, you have to be a really really good swimmer. But um, yeah. So anyway, that's phobia. I suppose we we dwelled on that quite a long time there. But um, yeah. Let us know on social media, people, what your phobias are. We share some. Yeah, some people have weird ones, all right? So I'd love yeah. if anyone does have a weird one that they send us comments. I'm scared of the dark and things like that. Like, it's weird, isn't it? But um, there you go. Okay, uh, over to you, number two, Nick. Two. Number two. So last week we talked about um the fall of the House of Usher. So we thoroughly enjoyed it this week. It's long. Each episode's about an hour and a bit. And different kind of Poe stories. I thought it was kind of one Edgar Allan Poe story but actually like they hit on a lot of different um each episode I think is a different one of his yeah like with there's like Telltale Heart and all that which I would have known since I was a kid my god I remember we had a substitute teacher came in when we were in sixth class and she it was around Halloween and she read us some Edgar Allan Poe stuff we were like 10 11 and it's really stuck with me because it was so fascinating you know it was so cool to have this teacher that was kind of waiting to scare us a bit um but it's excellent. Oh, so good. It's that Mike Flanagan guy, like he did Haunting Hill House. And I never watched Midnight Mass, but he does a lot of those kind of spooky series. Doctor Sleep as well, the movie that was kind of um around. Uh, it's kind of the follow up story with Ewan McGregor to The Shining, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, So there he uses a lot of the same actors and stuff in, in his series, but uh, it was very good. I mean, the characters are very dislikable so you kind of don't mind seeing well mo- mostly you don't mind seeing their demise it's extremely gruesome though like oh vomit inducing yeah. one or two of the deaths are bad bad, bad i heard bad, that bad. yeah so i would just say like be warned and there are some jumps it's he does very subtle horror like i remember in the haunting hill house there was a lot of subtle things in the background so you'd have two main characters chatting away and next thing you'd see something just tiny bit in the background and you'd be like oh what, what was that like it's mm-hmm. very clever horror where it's very subtle the things that they include in the background okay, yeah that stuff is nearly more menacing isn't it yeah yes yeah so there's a lot of that. Um, so it definitely is spooky. Like there was a few points right to pick up the blanket and watch it through the blanket. Mm-hmm. The blanket, which I could watch the entire thing through, but I had it in front of my face just in case. And we definitely got a few frights, the two of us. Um, but it was brilliant. It was a really good watch. A really good kind of October. Did you watch. Do it all? Already? 
Yeah, it's only eight episodes. So we watched only two Only eight night. episodes. If I watched eight episodes of anything in a week, I'd be like, date from her. Maybe because I'm half past six now and we already have our dinner. So we sit down at half seven. Wow, nice. I like episodes. it. I don't think I sat down before quarter past nine any night this week. It's been bad. I was going to say Haunting of Hill House. No, that was his last one. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Years of the House of That's brilliant, though. If anyone hasn't watched it, that would have been before the podcast. That is yeah. a superb watch if you haven't yeah, watched yeah. it. It's on yeah. Netflix. And then um, I am thoroughly enjoying Big Brother. Are you? Yeah, I'm really enjoying I've it. I watched it on my please. own. Yeah. I watch it the day after. I never watch it live. Yeah. Um, because Joe's not really into it. No, he'd probably watch me, all right. But I kind of like just fast forwarding it if I need to. Yeah. Um, thoroughly enjoying it. I think the casting has been brilliant. I said it last week too, mm-hmm. and I feel like even more so this week. They're beginning to crack up because like the food stuff and all that, and mm-hmm. the task like this week they gave them a task where there was like glamping versus camping. Oh yeah, that was segregate them. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to segregate them a bit, you know, and um. This week as well, two of the girls were doing kind of like coded messages. Were they? Facts, yes. Yeah, so my catch for voting, not really for voting. It was actually after they had voted, but they oh. were talking about people. And Big Brother called it out, like in yesterday's episode. Who was it? Hallie and uh, Olivia. Okay. Um. So there is cracks, serious cracks forming with people being like, "This yeah. person's talking about me. This person's talking about me." But they're all talking about each other. Like, but it's no, just no, I noticed like, that. Yeah. I, I I'm up to maybe Thursday or something or Wednesday. They um they are kind of there's a lot of bitching already early. Yeah. It's yeah. really early. It's only two weeks yeah. in. I think it's six weeks in total. But um, some very likable characters in there. And there's like, you can definitely see the more annoying ones now as well. Yeah. Um, the vote was interesting, the nomination, because they were very spread out. Really? There was only two that managed to get like slightly more. So I won't go into yeah. that because I don't want to spoil it for you. But there could have been like five people up. Which I, I actually knew who was out. I saw it on Twitter last night by accident. Yes. But, um, yeah. yeah, no, interesting though. I, But also, I got to say, the first two people that are out are people of colour. And I say this every time. They'll all go out first because the people are people here are inherently racist in their voting. And it, you see it on every reality TV program that people of colour always go out before. Not always, but nine times out of ten. It's like people mm-hmm. of colour, women, it's that order, you know, and then it's usually the men that are left or whatever. But anyway, that's me just being. Well, I think to be fair, like, um, so obviously Zach has gone out and he's the, he's, uh, th- he's Thai. Yeah. And, um. But he was stirring the pot an awful lot and pissing yeah. the pot an awful lot. I think lot. he had a game plan, you know. I think he yeah. had a game plan. And poor old Henry, I think a lot of people want to see his little love story with Jordan. So I think that actually saved him. And I think as well, he got very upset. Like he was bawling, crying when the nominations came out. He went to the diary room that night and he bawled. Or oh, did he and get nominated, he, Henry? Yeah, and he made me like him more. He was oh. very humble. And yeah. like I was kind of glad actually that Zach is gone because Zach is like like a wind up bunny like he's just was too much. A lot of people seem not to like that Paul guy as well, which I, I find yeah, he's a bit doesn't of an come idiot. across too badly on TV. But in in I think he's quite intimidating by the sounds of what they're no, saying. No, I think what it is is all he does is talk about like sex and farts and shit. Okay. Like he's actually apparently like just not. Lowest common denominator. 
Okay. Yeah, just it's not very like like up for conversation or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But there is an interesting storyline about Yin Run and how people like kind of well, certain people like just don't really talk to her much. Not on purpose. I think they just find it difficult to communicate with her. And she got very upset about that as well in last night's episode. She's Chinese, like she's only. She is lovely. I think she might be my years. favorite. Yeah, she is. I'd say she's a lot of people's favorite, yeah. and she got very upset because a lot of people. I think they just struggle to communicate with her and they yeah. kind of walk out of the room if she walks in and you can see it happening and she got very upset about that oh. but didn't tell those people just kind of got upset you know yeah. and she was just saying she got very upset about Henry because Henry was so nice to her and um, I think that might have helped him as well you know that she was saying that these three or four people that like she can communicate with you know yeah. so um, it's very good I'm really enjoying it Um, it's just a very nice way to pass away the time now for Christmas you know yeah. <laughs> it'll pass yeah. away like the end of October most of November and yeah, I'm a celebrity must be starting in the next few weeks as well because that kind of takes us up to Christmas so yeah I'm... I don't really watch that anymore I can last in just a few years ago but um. Yeah, there are a few big reality TV things as well in the States coming back now, which will be um, very dramatic over the next few weeks. But yeah, it's uh, not bad. TV isn't too bad at the moment. Uh, the writer strike is obviously over. Well, I think it's pretty much over. Uh, some people are still kind of unhappy with cer- certain aspects of it. But at least we might still get our new TV next year now. So although yeah. it's a couple of months late, I'd say. Um, are you watching anything? Um. Not really. No, nothing beyond what we talked about there. So um, I might have something by next week if we're lucky. I've just been snowed under with work and stuff, so I haven't been watching a lot of telly, unfortunately. But um, oh, good news! Listen, I saw on your um other podcast, <laughs> your TV oh, one, you were talking about Buffy. Are we yeah, about we were. Buffy? Yeah, I didn't. It wasn't me. It was uh, Benji that was talking about it. But yeah, because we do kind of what we call Back to the Future, where we talk about oh. program from the past. So, yeah, because there's a new Buffy podcast, podcast which yeah. has two or three of the original cast in it. But, um, yeah, no, we were like, bring back Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> but, I think um, she might do it, you know. I think if they gave her enough money, she'd do it. But, I don't know. It sounds as if she's very busy, is it? But anyway. Um, okay, yeah. thanks. That was hey. for this week. Um, moving along, number three. Three. So, this week, and I'm pretty sure we haven't done this person, but if we have, I apologize. But I'm pretty sure we haven't. <laughs> and I thought, my God, we have to do this person. It's the one, the only Madonna. <laughs> yeah, we never done that. I don't think we've done her. No, interesting. I saw oh. a rundown of all our kids the other day and I was like, oh my God, I feel like she only just was a mom recently. I mean, yeah. They're all like in their 20s and yeah. the youngest ones are like 10 or 12. Yeah, sorry. One of them one. was on stage voguing with her. Yes, yeah, she was fab. Yeah. So, um, so that was why, because she has come back on this world tour and she is smashing it apparently she did an amazing show a couple of shows in london this week and it was just great to see her back and on form etc so we're going to talk about madonna so she was born in Mm -hmm. august 1958 and she's american singer songwriter and actress known as the queen of pop and has been widely recognized for her continual reinvention and versatility in music production, songwriting and visual presentation. She's pushed the boundaries of artistic expression and mainstream music while maintaining control over every aspect of her career. Her works, which incorporate social, political, sexual and religious themes, have generated both controversy and critical acclaim. A prominent cultural figure spanning the 20th and 21st centuries, Madonna remains one of the most well-documented figures of the modern age, with a broad array of scholarly reviews, literature and artworks about her, as well as an academic mini sub-discipline devoted to her called Madonna Studies. 
She moved to New York in 1978 to pursue a career in modern dance. Um, well, she dropped out of college and um, relocated there. And when she moved to New York, she said it was the first time she'd ever taken a plane, the first time she'd ever gotten a taxi. And she came there with $35 in her pocket. It was the bravest thing I've ever done. Isn't that amazing? Oh, wow. um, she performed as a drummer, guitarist and vocalist in rock bands, Breakfast Club and Emmy. And then she rose to solo stardom with her debut album, Madonna, in 1983. She followed it with a series of successful albums and amassed many chart-topping singles throughout her career, including hits like Like a Virgin, Le Isla Benita, Like a Pair of Vogue, Take a Bow, Frozen, Music, Hung Up and Four Minutes. Madonna's popularity was enhanced by roles in films such as Desperately Seeking Susan, Dick Tracy, A League of Their Own and Evita. While the latter ones won her a Golden Globe and an award for Best Actress, many of her other films were not as well received. As a businesswoman, she's founded the company Maverick in 92, which included Maverick Records, one of the most successful artist-run labels in history. Her other ventures include fashion brands, written works, health clubs, and filmmaking. She contributes to various charities, having founded the Ray of Light Foundation in 1998 and the Raising Malawi Malawi in 2006, and she advocates for gender equality and LGBT rights. With sales of over 300 million records worldwide, Madonna is the best-selling female recording artist of all time. She remains the most successful solo artist in the history of the US Billboard Hot 100 chart and has achieved the most number one singles by a woman in Australia, Canada, Italy, Spain and the UK. She's ranked among the highest grossing touring artists of all time. She became the first woman to earn $1 billion in concert revenue. Forbes has named Madonna the annual top earning female musician, a record 11 times across four decades. She was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2008, her first year of eligibility. Madonna was ranked as the greatest woman in music by VH1 and as the greatest music video artist ever by MTV and Billboard. She was also listed among Rolling Stone's greatest artists and greatest songwriters of all time. Bringing up to more recently, I'm not going to get into her personal life and stuff like that, but in June, she was hospitalized after being found unresponsive in New York. She was treated oh. in an intensive care unit and intubated. She spent five days in the hospital for a serious bacterial infection following a low-grade fever. As a result, the initial North American leg of her celebration tour was postponed. On September 12, 23, the commercial Madonna made in collaboration with Pepsi in 1989 aired during the commercial break of the 2023 MTV VMAs. The commercial had been banned due to Madonna's music video for Like a Prayer, showing her kissing a black saint and burning crosses. In a statement, Madonna said, 34 years ago, I made a commercial with Pepsi to celebrate the release of my song. The commercial was immediately cancelled when I refused to change any scenes in the video where I was kissing a black saint or burning crosses. So began my illustrious career as an artist refusing to compromise my artistic integrity. Artists are here to disturb the peace. And the celebration tour began last week at the O2 in London to much critical acclaim. So long live Madge Donna. I've seen her twice live and both times were pretty shit. So I, if I get to see this tour... Uh, I'd be delighted if it was good. So, yeah, there you go. Yes, interesting one. I'd like to see her just because of how much of an icon she is. But I, I always hear bad things about her concerts. I've never heard anything amazing about them. Yeah, I saw her in Slane about 15 years ago. No, maybe less, maybe 12 years ago. And I saw her in, um, no, it's 15 years ago, I'd say. And I saw her in Murrayfield the last time she toured, maybe about six years ago. And that just wasn't great. Like, But then again, I was miles away from the stage. So, I don't know, it all contributes. But... There you go, Queen Madge. Long live Queen Madge. Okay, cool. over to you, number four. Four. Um, we don't always like talk about our podcasts on this, but I this week I listened to two different podcasts. I'm going to talk about one this week and one next week. Um, just because 
our podcast is so wonderful, but it's only an hour, so you might have plenty of other time to listen to podcasts. And I find that uh, I still listen to them a lot when I cook dinner and stuff. I find it's a good, like, turn off your brain kind of thing and yeah. just focus on the story, you know. Um, even in motherhood, I still find myself listening to an awful lot. Um, so the first one is, so actually what happened was I was wondering, because Serial, I loved Serial, you know, it was obviously one of the OG kind of true crime podcasts. Um, and last year, uh, Syed, who was, was found guilty, had gotten out. Yeah. And at the time, they'd released a very short podcast just to say, like, he's out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I actually was thinking about it. And I was like, I must go back in and see, like, have they updated anything since? Yeah. But obviously, they're their own production companies. So, Serial. Um, so they had no update on that, but they did have a new podcast, which I had kind of heard rumblings about called The Retrievals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's made by Serial and the New York Times. And it is about um, women who were going through fertility treatment, IVF mostly, um, who were in the Yale Fertility Clinic and were as part of their actual egg retrieval, which is, you know, a procedure, a medical procedure. You're going, you're sedated. A long needle is placed inside you into your cervix, into your womb, up your fallopian mm-hmm. tube to gather the eggs. Mm-hmm. And a number of women reported feeling everything, like screaming in oh pain, my God. being in absolute agony. So it's probably a trigger warning for anybody who may potentially be going through mm-hmm. IVF or in the future going through IVF or any of those. But um. So a lot of these women, all different backgrounds, obviously, of course, were in absolute agony, screaming the house down, uh, telling them they could feel everything, telling them that, like, you know, this is going on. And there was one girl who's actually a doctor as well, and who worked in things like um, addiction studies. And she literally turned around and said to them, this is saline. I can literally taste it in my mouth. Like, this is saline. This is not fentanyl. So it turned out that one of the nurses working there was replacing the fentanyl with saline and was robbing fentanyl. So, but the whole thing, and fentanyl has been in the news here during the week as well, because it's kind of coming to Ireland a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole thing is that she had a drug addiction and she was robbing fentanyl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the entire thing is more so, is about that, of course, and like how that came about and the nurse herself and what happened to her in terms of like the court system and all that. But it's also about like how women's pain is perceived. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting, you know, like a woman would turn around to you and be like, I'm in agony. Like, this is what's happening here Mm -hmm. and trying to convince them. And they were like, well, it can be painful. It can be painful. It's like, it shouldn't actually be painful, but it's just all about like how women's pain is like, you know, just kind of just, you know, they have to kind of put up with it. It's the same with like, you have a C-section, you're holding your baby four hours later. If that was any other operation, you wouldn't yeah. be able to move out of the bed for five yeah. days. They wouldn't expect you to. <laughs> things like that, you know. There's a lot of conversation here at the moment about two things. One is that the, there was an issue with this, the coil. You know, there was women getting yes. fitted without Very pain. Very painful, and yeah. On, and they're saying that is not human. Like, you need to yeah. be, have it's some sort of anesthetic yeah. for that. And then the other one is as well, 
it's also not just about pain relief, but this not being taken seriously, not being yes. to, and that has been very prevalent with women who are suffering from perimenopause or menopause, and they're yeah. going to the doctor and they're saying, I can't cope with this, blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, oh, well, that's just the menopause or whatever, you know, or yeah. not or completely missing that it's the menopause, and they're just like, you know, it's period pain yes. or whatever. So there's a big, big discussion going on about that at the moment as well so that's interesting so what's the name of the podcast it's again? called the retrievals and there's only five episodes um it but it's very very fascinating i'd love to tell you more about it but i don't want to spoil it but um yep yeah, so that's mine this week cool very quick on the music news this week number five five so this is i am dying to hear this britney spears book is out next week and of course Yay. this week there was all chat about justin timberlake and the justin fact that timberlake. in the memoir she says that she had an abortion when she was with justin <gasps> timberlake. so um people obtained a bit of the memoir or whatever so um she told readers that the pregnancy was a surprise but she was happy about it because she always thought she would have a family with justin however the singer felt he was too young to become a father and they agreed to terminate the pregnancy oh God. this is the first time britney has opened up about the personal decision publicly but timberlake is reportedly reeling about the news his yes i was about also, to say he won't be happy with that he's the shiny good boy yeah. his family is also <laughs> concerned about what else spears has included in the memoir a close a source close to the singer told the u.s son justin owns who he was when he was with Britney, but uh, even though his personality, career, lifestyle, and personal priorities are radically different now, twenty years later, the source added that Britney, Britney's book is a nightmare for him. They said this book is a nightmare for him because of how it throws the whole family into chaos. The timing stings just as much as the revelation itself. Fans of Britney have praised her for being so honest and choose about choosing to have an abortion. Many said her memoir will be one of the best celebrity books of our time. And we agree, Britney's memoir, The Woman in Me, will be published on October 24th. So we're going to get cut off here in a second. But oh, my God, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to that. OK, everybody have a fan tabby dozy week. We will be back next week with five more things. I'm off to get my hair cut and then I'm going for a little birthday day out. So I'm excited. Oh, enjoy. Have a lovely time. Happy belated birthday day. Enjoy. <laughs> Three weeks Bye later. Happy belated. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Bye.